start with a good premise. That's what writers like, you know, famous writers, popular writers say, isn't it? I can't think of anyone who said it off the top, off the top of my head and I'm not going to research it because I can't really be bothered. But believe me, if you feel you want to, a good premise is a good place to start and UKW have one of those. I mean, it's been done before in wrestling, but they've got their flagship show, I suppose, only because that's the first the first show to start, really. It's the granddaddy of them all, Showdown. And they've got a young upstart. As, uh, as he said in Sleuth, a jumped-up pantry boy who doesn't know his place. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but that's something that springs to mind. It's from Sleuth. Yes, you don't need to look it up. I know it. I didn't even need to look it up either. Now, what they've done is, because Ignite comes from the Genesis brand, it's on Wednesday nights, it's half the length, generally, of um, of Showdown. It's about 50 minutes to an hour. And it's showing younger talent. Generally, talent that comes from the Academy. The UKW Academy. However, it very quickly created a life of its own and enjoyment of its own and it was pretty different to Showdown and so, and quite early on in the Ignite run Showdown's been going for just over a year Ignite for a lot less so early on in this kind of we have two shows world they decided to pit both shows against each other And I mentioned this last week, didn't I? And that just provides a really tasty, in fact, perhaps even mouth-watering premise. This week, they've gone even further because usually it's Brett Hadley, the voice of UKW, and Shelby Sinar together at the desk and they work very well together. Shelby also announces this week she only announces because... Although, actually, she gets involved in the action a bit later on. More of that later. But she's announcing because at the desk with Brett, at the desk with Brett, could be a weekly series, is Tommy Dillon. And why? Because he is the anchor. He's the voice of Ignite, really. He's had a variety of partners with him. Sebastian Mercer, this last Wednesday. But... He's Ignite, British Showdown, so there you go, you see. They're trying everything they can to pit these two brands against each other. Now, we start, though, with two Showdown teams. It's the Yorkshire Tears, and that will be the Yorkshiremen. Let's hear it for Yorkshire. Hooray! And uh, Captain Danams, Captain Danams. And um, they will be facing Jonathan Sedgwick. And uh, Mustafa Khan. Now, if you remember rightly, Mustafa Khan, leader of the Persian Empire, the hated faction on Showdown, still hated. They had a match with in, in which if Sedgwick lost, and Jonathan Sedgwick owns the company, let's make sure about that your kidneys have been devilled, my liege. If he lost the match, he would have to be part of the Persian Empire. And so it came to pass. 
Recently, though, the Persian Empire have not been doing too well, except for Sedgwick. Mustafa Khan chewed them out verbally and very entertainingly last week. Comments like, the only thing strong about you is your breath. Very nice. And then later on in the show, they teamed and teamed very well together. And so twas this week. So you've got, early on, the Yorkshireman trying to clothesline Mustafa Khan down. You don't do that, mate. When you watched Showdown... Then both Yorkshire tiers, they kind of give him a, um, a cravat, you know, or a straitjacket. The, the hands across the throat, rather than hands across the sea, that's a different thing entirely. And take him down that way. Takes them both to do it, though. Sedgwick's in with a nice suplex, knees to the ribs, sweet leg drops. Very nice. And it's very nice that Brett says, um, that's a leg drop, brother. And Dylan said, I hear you say brother, but I think there's a lot of heart in those. Great. Really nice stuff. Lovely stuff. Then you've got an avalanche uh, from um, from Mustafa Khan in the corner. Straight into a Sedgwick power slam. He grabs, I think it's Adams as he comes out, power slams him. Nice suplex from Khan. Always really good to see. I mean, I know it's a staple move, but when Khan does it, massive. And you've got a spine buster from the Yorkshireman. He likes that move. But the finish comes with... A Jonathan Sedgwick super kick into the Khan choke bomb, which we saw last week, and the pin. They work together. Afterwards, though, Sedgwick wants none of Khan ragging on Brocco. He is the general manager for Ignite, is Khan. Although you wouldn't really know it, he doesn't get that involved. Brocco gets very involved as the general manager for SmackDown. Khan wants Brocco to fight him at the pay per view, December Brash, December Bash. It probably will be brash, though, I must say. And uh, Brocco is happy to agree, happy to oblige. Next, we've got the Round the Clock Championship. And it's uh, Sheikh McToom, who's the champion, with uh, versus, versus Horus, young Horus, versus Lewis, J-Row Lewis. No Duncan there, though. He'll make an appearance later on. Oh, I should have done spoiler alert. Oh, never mind. And this is rather a good match, actually. First of all, J. Rowe Lewis misses with the knee, hits the belt, I think, and he's laid out on the side of the, um, by the side of the ring, heard, nursing his knee for most of this match. So really, it's Muktoom versus Horus for most of the time, and it doesn't lack anything for that. There's a high knee from from. Uh, from Horus, this is after Muktoom's gone for Horus with the belt. Tommy Dillon does say, I don't know whether that's, you know, he doesn't know whether he can endorse it, but as he's pointed out, a triple threat match, no rules really. So, Horus comes back with his high knee and his bulldog, which I really like. You've got Muktoom warrioring up, warrioring, that's the word I'm using, warrioring, shaking the ropes, doing all that kind of, gets a clothesline and a, and a slam. Suddenly, J. Rowe Lewis is in with a running knee and he hits Muktoom, who falls on the prone young Horus and gets the pin. Now, this was fun and the word fun is in my notes throughout because you've got to have some reason for Muktoom to keep the title because the work he's doing with Clocky, as he calls the title, is great at the moment. He's got to keep that title 
but you can't have him win it, have him winning it outright, I don't think. And the way they did it was convoluted, but that was all part of it. Now, later on, NRG, tag team champs, and this is booking on the hoof, so I'm not massively keen on it. They're confronted backstage in the back by Lewis, who has just fought and hurt his knee, and Big Duncan, who want a chance at the titles, and they'll get one later on. I could have done without that, to be honest. Although, the match later on is that three-letter word, F-U-N. Yes, fun. Now, next up is Ian Creed. Lights go down, and he surprises in some way. I can't see how he does it. Surprises Brett, who, I mean, he's not very happy. Screams, not very happy at all. It's great stuff, this. Really entertaining. He'll fight Uther. So early on, I mean, Uther has a go, but we know he's not winning here, don't we? Because Creed is on a real push at the moment. I like his cartwheel to drop kick. That's for Uther. Takes a bit of time, but I enjoy watching it. Creed, though, has really got it going on. Throws him into the buckle with authority. Gets the hand manipulation and the stomp. Uther comes back with a backbreaker, which is really nice, considering Creed is heavy because he's long and lean and rangy. Creed hits that sit-out driver, puts the finger in the belly button, only gets a chance to savour it for a few beats before Uther is back. Oh, Uther! He enjoys that bit. But then it finishes with that fantastic knee from Ian Creed. Because he's so rangy, it looks fabulous. Gets the pin from it. Uther had a go. Wasn't good enough. Now, we've got the ridiculous sight of Chris Carcel trying to tell Leonie Rose and Joe and Johan that they need to step up. You might want to look in the mirror. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Mustafa Khan arrives and agrees and says you'll fight the dogs of war. And like it, that will be happening later on. Now, I didn't mind that because, in a way, it's part of some freewheeling fun. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Case and Riley. It's his birthday. And he's only a whippersnapper. And for his birthday present, he's fighting Paul Hubris. Now, it is a big opportunity for Case and Riley, and he has impressed recently. This was a really, really good match. Early on, Hubris, no clean break, some kicks, you'd expect that from him. Short clothesline from Riley, a nice side suplex, elbow drop for a fairly long two count, so he gets the work in early on, but Hubris likes to dirty it up. Gets the elbow to the back of the neck, Casey Riley kicks out, keeps telling him happy birthday before he's kicking you in the back and the front, happy birthday, go on, happy birthday, Get have one of them. It's a present. Do you want to unwrap it now? Oh, it's a kick to the back. Suddenly, Riley hits that extended spine buster. It sits out, and it's as if he's kind of throwing him down onto the mat. I like it a lot. Then you've got Riley almost getting the fall, but falling foul to the risk runner for the pin. Now, Brett and Tommy immediately say, there was a foot on the ropes. Brocco, obviously, has been watching it from the back, runs up, Surprised he's not out of breath because he's there straight away to say this match will restart. And Riley wins with a backslide. Great, great match. 
really good fun. And Hubris is so angry. He has a go at Shelby. She did tell him to get got to get gone. She got involved, but he shouldn't be going after her. And he stopped, and that's good. Lovely to see Cayman Carlisle here without the belt because Shauna Reed's taken it to the States. Well, you know, looked a bit pasty, could do with some a bit of a tan. Might get to see the Empire State Building, apparently. And Cayman will be getting postcards from the belt, so there's no problem. Is there? Anyway, he comes out first. Flaming Demon Crow. So, he gets the second entrance. Which is usually reserved for the champion. So you can see how much they feel for Damon Crow. Flaming Damon Crow. It's Cayman and Damon, as, as Brett says. Or Carlisle and Crow. Attorneys at law. Yeah. This was probably the match of the night, I think, I have to say. For instance, there was a crow kick on the outside. It's, I mean, it went to the outside very quickly. A sweet snapmare from Crow. But Cayman Carlisle hit the suplex and the float over. Simple move. He looked so good doing it. His basement drop kick is fabulous. But that crow spinning kick and sent on usually works for him. He got along too. In the middle, there was a really odd spot, but it worked. They both went for a headbutt at the same time. And both laid out. That was You don't often see that. It wasn't a malfunction at the junction. because They both went for the same move. Like it a lot. Then you've got crow, a crow neck breaker. As Cayman comes off the ropes, really well done. Along two, Cayman gets his spinning neck breaker, which looks even better for another long two. There's a twist of hate countered to a DDT from Damon Crow, and I thought he might have won it at this point, but no. Cayman finishes it with the silencer. Damian Black's move, because remember, Damian's been after a fight with him. He gets the pin. This is the match of the night. Fabulous for all concerned. And now, the Persian Empire versus the Dogs of War. Funny thing to begin with here, because you've got Chris Castle and um, and Joe Sedgwick kind of giving it large, and Leone and Johan sort of saying, well, no, there's work to be done. And those two are banished. So it's Joe and Le- it's um, Johan and Leone versus Cliff Harrison, Sarah Skye. It's rather good, you know. Hunt and Harrison for the first, um, what, couple of minutes? Matching each other, really good to watch. Sky and Harrison, nice double suplex, or souple, as Brett says. Yes, Brett, love it. I was watching Gordon the other day, and not Gordon the gopher. We know which Gordon we mean, don't we? Now, Leone comes in with a huge clothesline, precise right to the throat. Tommy Dillon called that very well. And then um, Rose gets a kick to the back of Sky's head. It was horrible to see, to be honest. Out come um, Joe and Chris Castle to fight with Mercer on the outside. Sarah slaps Johan Hunt extremely hard. As Mustafa Khan said, he, um, she slapped the yellow from his teeth. And he was outraged by that. The Dogs of War come in to double-team on Hunt, while stuff's happening on the outside. And it's a pin. It doesn't look good for the Persian Empire at the moment. Mustafa Khan is not really leading them. Maybe something's brewing here. 
Now, how do you make something that's already happened that they're going to replicate exciting a second time? You get JPR and Ian Creed to do it. It's simple, it's happening in the back. Quite a lot of stuff happened in the back this week. It's all right though. Creed wanted the match with JPR. JPR, as we know, last week, was it last week or the week before? When he said, you're not in my head anymore. Well, if you're shouting that, then you probably he probably is. And he showed that he was because instantly JPR agrees to another match. I'm not sure he can book this. I think the booking committee need to do it. But I'd like to see a match, another match between those two. So I think he and Creed from the work over the weeks has earned it. Right. This isn't even the main event, and it's fabulous. It's Stee versus Sebastian Mercer. Mercer has been watching Cerebral Stee because he fights out of the ripcord, then he hits a shotgun drop kick. There's a huge forearm from Stee, but Mercer just comes back with a bigger shot. He's getting better and better every week. I'm not sure he's in Stee's league at the moment. Stee hits the knee, that looked tough. But Mercer, even tougher, nastier, backbreaker than a discus lariat. Castle comes out. Joe looks at the, gets the distraction, super kick. And Stee hits the hidden blade for the pin. It was a shame because this was shaping up probably to be the match of the night. The MOTN? Yeah. Persian Empire and the Dogs of War fight afterwards. And Rose goes to the top and jumps on all of them. Every single one of them. So what, she jumped on seven people. Eight, nine, 25? It looked great. It looked a mess and it looked great. And then, because the Dogs of War go and the Persian Empire are in the ring, they want to be raising their arms. Leone and Johan Hunt don't want that. They want to be serious about this. And there's dissension in that ranks. In that rank? In those ranks? In those ranks. And I think we'll see this play out early next year. And your main event was the one that was made on the hoof earlier. However, it was real, real fun. Mainly because J.R. Lewis is limping for most of this. I don't know if he's got a definite injury or if it's a kayfabe injury. But they really worked it. He's pulled double duty tonight as well, remember? Even though he wasn't in very much of the triple threat match, he was out earlier on. Hamza goes straight for the leg, and you'd expect that. There's a double drop kick uh, from uh, low basement drop kicks, actually, from both of NRG, the champs. Then you've got Lewis pushing, because he can't do much, pushing momentum, uh, momentum into Duncan, who just chops him massively. It's, it's like a shotgun going off. Extraordinary. When Duncan's in, it's the, cl- the, snake, the snake eyes, a huge clothesline. He then drags momentum to Hamza for the tag. Just drags him over. Later on, he will drag J.R. Lewis by his bad leg over to his own corner so he can get the tag. It's weird. And I really like it. It's Duncan saying, the rules must be observed. But when I'm in there, I'm brutalising everybody. Extraordinary. There is a moment where um, Lewis is the spinning kick, really hurts himself. Shortly afterwards, Duncan picks him up in a gorilla press and presses him onto momentum with Lewis shouting, no, no, no. It's really good. 
really good. Hamza, for some, I don't know how he does this. I don't know how he manages this. He gets out of the Duncan bear hug. He comes off the top. Duncan catches him. Momentum comes off the other buckle. Puts him down. They both get on him. Lewis can't get in because he's got a bad knee. There's your pin. They all shake hands afterwards. And it's all jolly good. And that's a really good match. It's not the M-O-T-N. M-O-T-N. Because it's more fun than wrestling brilliance. Or excellence, if you like. And the main event, you see, UKW can do this. They don't need a standout wrestling main event. This is the main event. NRG saying we'd like to open, we'd like to, to we haven't got a match for December Bash, or December Brash if you like, and we'd like to start an open challenge, or offer an open challenge, which of course Brocco should be out immediately saying, just a minute, I have to go through a booking committee, let's leave that for a moment, Tommy Dillon is the one who picks the mic up, and he wants to fight them, and he will have a partner when in eight days time, they go to that pay-per-view. And that is the way they end Showdown. They don't need to end it on a heel turn or a belt change or even a great wrestling match. They can end it on this announcement because everyone knows what they're doing. This is an hour and three quarters, which is a quarter of an hour less than last week. But like last week, it seems as though you've been watching it for 20 minutes. I can't explain to you how fantastic this is, but let me try. The angles all work. The wrestlers all know what they're doing. There's a family atmosphere. It's simple, yet potent. Again and again, week after week, to quote the Persian Empire, week in and week out, UKW is one of the best wrestling promotions anywhere. And I couldn't be happier to say that. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.